Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 157 of Midweek Metagame. I'm Harrington G, joined by my two regular co-hosts, Patrick Robertson. Hey, everyone. How's it going? And Gabriel Nassif. Hey, what's up? Well, well, well. Another week, another set of RCs to talk about. We're going to be talking a lot about the Australian slash New Zealand RC because Pat's friends, as well as a podcast listener, Patreon member of the Discord, made the top eight as well. I think there's some correlation between being in the podcast Discord and top eighting RCs, by the way. So get in there if you haven't already. But uh, I also made top eight of the Popper Challenge. And Gab and I played some Legacy, so we'll be diving into a lot of formats today and have a lot of content to listen to. Um, but yeah, before we get into things, this podcast is brought to you by Card Market. For those who don't know, Marketplace Online to buy anything Magic the Gathering related. It can be deck boxes, sleeves, accessories, singles. You can sell on there. You can buy other card games like Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Digimon, Flesh and Blood, Force of Will. Go on there, check them out. If you need anything card game related, they, spot, they sponsor the cast. Help us be here every week. So thank you to them. Also, thank you to any patrons listening, any patrons that support us. You help us get here every week as well. Patreon.com slash Midweek Metagame if you want to support the podcast. But why don't we support the listeners and start off this week because, Pat, you had a friend make the top eight of the RC. I had a friend more than make the top eight of the RC. I friend won, won the RC and is qualified for Worlds. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, so... um. Congratulations to rival podcast co-host Anthony Lee, uh, good friends with uh, Andrea Mangucci and Javier Dominguez. They do the, I can't remember the name of their podcast, but it's something about carnies. Anyway, Anthony uh, is kind of long time pro, pro tour kind of intermittent, <laughs> intermittent pro tour player from Australia. And I've known him for years. He's stayed at my house countless number of times before big tournaments and yeah just another solid finish from um, a man who's got an excellent mind for magic and knows what he's really really knows how to play, play spells he, he top edited with Rakdos midrange nothing particularly remarkable in his list a couple of my misery shadows uh, a main deck bank busters and a main deck unlicensed hearse along with three uh, shielded but you know pretty bog standard solid deck uh, right in his wheelhouse and made it all the way to the finals and won the whole thing and has made the money and is going to world championships, which is you know, by far the biggest finish of his career so far. And, you know, he's, you know, has decent finishes in the past as well. So, yeah, shout out to Anthony. Uh, Well-deserved, thoroughly deserved. A um, couple of other friends made top eight as well, or qualified. Uh, David Mines, who's, uh, yeah, another old friend, um, was probably, uh, I think he was gold for a couple of years, actually, and has a pro tour top eight in modern um so he he lost in the finals to anthony uh yeah so shit playing rakdos as well our podcast uh long time supporter of the podcast actually dan bretherton who's uh, from new zealand who i've known for again for, for donkey's years is just top aided with monogreen devotion and uh, uh one one fourth of our dnd campaign uh chris <laughs> cousins in 12th place sneaking in for qualification the paladin from our from our group uh, he, he qualified as well playing mono green aggro so yeah, it was a great weekend uh to watch coverage in australia uh, both days were broadcast live uh by a third party company so the production quality was pretty high uh, it was just really nice to see all familiar faces every feature match was just kind of someone i knew 
and it was a good little bit of taste of home and shout out to everyone who did really well and everyone who turned up and made it a kind of cool event so yeah but i think the kind of the takeaway from it is that rakdos had a kind of wouldn't say a bounce back weekend like a, i don't think it underperformed the week before but you know coming out of uh the european and the u.s uh rcs will kind of the, the narrative was mostly like phoenix is doing well maybe lotus fields kind of had a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good performance, uh, but you know, Rakdos a little bit, a little bit underwhelming and Mono Green. But here, Mono Green did pretty well, even if it didn't only won fifty percent of its matches in that tournament. But Rakdos kind of had was the most played deck, won fifty four percent or fifty five percent of its matches, and a bit of a bounce back weekend because it also did well in um, it did well in uh, Montreal as well, I believe, or at least in the, whichever Canadian one was on the weekend. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, looking at the results real quick, it was the most played deck in every region, and it had over 50% in every region, even, yeah, 53, 54% win rate in most regions, just about 50 in Canada, with misplaced danger representing, making a top four, I believe, uh, so qualifying for the PT, but falling a tiny bit short of Worlds. Yeah, was a target on its back, you know, kind of hard to metagame against Jones. Yeah, absolutely. I, w- I wonder if the kind of, you know, slight dip in popularity of, of Mono Green just because it had a bad, you know, a pretty mediocre weekend last weekend meant that people felt a little bit more comfortable playing Rakdos into this field. Yeah, I'm not sure Green was still the second most played deck actually across the board. It was number one Rakdos and number two Green in almost every region except Canada where Phoenix was number two. Green didn't do especially well anywhere. I don't think Phoenix did especially well anywhere either. No, um, it, it was it was sub fifty percent in Australia. Yeah, and... yeah. Phoenix actually putting up pretty pretty terrible numbers. So hmm. yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what to make out of this. We didn't really uh, take a, a, a deep deep look, but. Nothing too too crazy. I was I was look I was I had an eye out for the combo decks, you know, whether it was the Mark Tobiash deck with classification or this blue black Thassa's Oracle Demonic Bargain deck that won a Saturday challenge the same weekend I was in Sofia. I, I was really I was really wondering if that was gonna have a kind of silent breakout weekend. Where yeah. someone brave was going to turn up at these paper tournaments and just kind of run through the field. Yeah, but. I'm not sure what there was. Also, the one of the South American ones. I was talking to Luis Salvado a bit this week. He was asking me about the blue black combo deck because he saw me play the deck on my stream. It's the first deck I tried when I got home. It's basically just self milling with card drawing spells and a card called Demonic Bargain that cost two and a black. You exile the top thirteen cards of your deck. Sorcery speed. And then out of the remaining cards in your deck, you get to Demonic Tutor. So it's in between a Demonic Tutor and a Demonic Consultation, kind of. Yeah, it's kind and, of like Consultation. Yeah, so you're just hoping that you don't like exile all of the Oracles. The odds are really, really low. I added a fifth win condition, a four mana Jace, just because I thought it would be nice. And yeah, I played the deck a bit. I'm not sure if it's tier one. I had some decent results. I won a little over half my matches. Just kind of like Treasure Cruise, Village Rides, Stitcher Supplier, some Interaction, Fatal Push, and Spell Pierce. 
Deck was fine. Deck seemed really solid against Ragdos. I was doing pretty good against Ragdos. It's bad against really aggressive decks. So maybe a bit like Lotus Field, you know, decent against Ragdos, decent against Phoenix, struggles against really fast aggro. And against Control, it was kind of okay, actually, because you go through your deck really fast. You can find a lot of Oracles. You can get them back with Takanuma. It might be the the best Takanuma deck I've ever played. I mean, it has three main deck Takanuma, right? Yeah, and Control just has, you know, four hard counters. They constantly interact with Oracle. And yeah, the deck, the deck seemed okay. It didn't, it didn't really show up. Uh, or if it did, it was really small numbers. And same for the the Mark Tobias deck. Maybe people didn't feel like they had enough time to invest. Tobias seemed really high on on his deck when you know when he played it the way he was talking about it but i guess people just kind of stuck to uh the more traditional more traditional decks yeah i actually played a few matches with this demir deck i you know it it was close enough to inverter that i decided i have to do this i have to i have to open magic online and do something and so i played two matches and i lost both of them <laughs> but uh i mean i I think one of the major weaknesses against uh, control decks is actually just Narset. My blue white, I played blue white twice in a row, and they both had Narsets in game one and game two, and I just couldn't win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're when your advantage is trying to, you know, pull ahead with massively with treasure crews, or you know, just dig through your deck in various different ways, having access to having your opponent play Narset against you is just a nightmare. <laughs> it's just no fun at all. No. Yeah. It was I funny thought... actually. In my first eight matches. My only two losses were to two Narset days on doing that. Kind of That's right, yeah. I think how random is that? Right. Yeah, that card is... Re if they're playing some kind of control with heavy Narset build, then your life becomes much, much tougher, for sure. Yeah. I feel like the Narsets were kind of a response probably to Phoenix doing well the weekend before or something like that. You know, pretty reasonable card to have in your 75. But when they played it on turn three in game one, I was just like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to have some fun here. Yeah, I think I really like the Dan Brethren green because it's funny because he actually messaged me on Twitter thanking me when he made top eight because he only played Force Layer of the Hydra because we spoke about it on the podcast, which uh, I thought was pretty cool. Sneaky tip. But I think that well, what I find funny is that green is still no one has agreed on a build. I mean, I'm sure like many Rakdos players ha are, are disagreeing about their builds too, but I think that still the right build is not there and I I personally lean towards the 22 land list because with all the Rakdos in the field you want to hit all your land drops and your Cavaliers become better because Cavalier finding Lair more often super good because maybe they kill it and you have a threat um so what was so sorry yeah, what was the conventional land number like when you when a couple months ago when you mm -hmm. won the showcase challenge yes yeah, so you play 20 lands oh, it was 25 okay. two layer maybe one it depends how many besage you want to bring right okay. i would so, play two layer and a besage you so just up to up to two up two. to mana sources that, are, that can't be interacted with yeah yeah great and um i was thinking that this whole concept is from pete ward a british player so it's not my idea but i i i actually spoke with him about at the rc and he topied the ptq on the sunday with it which is why i was kind of advocating for it but the two cards in the main deck by Dan that surprised me is one Nicol Bolas, Dragon God, mm -hmm. obviously only casting that from Oath of Nyssa or putting it to play from Storm, 
And also the Might Stone and Weak Stone. New card. Five mana when enters the battlefield, draw two or give a creature minus five, minus five, and you can tap it for two mana. Kind of surprising for me, because it can't, like, the mana can't be spent to cast non-artifact spells. I don't know. Oh, has it got the, it's got the uh, Power Stone Claws. Yeah, but I think you would rather want Boat, because Boat, I would assume, is better against Red Black. Maybe Dan knows something that I don't. I would generally lean away from this, but... Still very cool list, and I, I just wanted to shout that out. Yeah, it does seem random. I didn't expect to see that card um, without Urza. For those of you who don't know, that's a card that you can meld with Urza to get the super Urza Planeswalker. Uh, um, yeah, I was I was hoping for maybe some some command of Titania, right? The new one, the six mana one. I thought that card was maybe a decent uh, candidate for a fifth Storm the, Sef- the Festival. It's apparently super busted and limited. Like a lot of rares yeah. are creatures, and you can kill them, and they're strong, but they die to common removal. And apparently, Titania's command is just unbeatable and limited. Yeah, it's make two four fours and grow the rest of my team by plus two plus two plus six. Man, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Hard, to, hard to argue with. Mm. Yeah, I, I did play some Pioneer. I played some more blue white after playing trying out the bargain deck. I uh, got a build. I actually had a, f- a couple people tell me that Lay Down the Arms, which is the new removal spell, it's one white sorcery, exile target creature was converted casting cost um, X or less, where X is the number of planes you have, so you need to play a lot of plane, basic planes or lands that have the type planes. And some people had messaged me and be like, oh, I it's pretty good. I've been playing Lay Down the Arms. I was like, no, that doesn't seem right. You lose a ton of value lands. It's how much better than Portable Hold can be. And then Harry13, who we had as a guest on the podcast a while ago, um, hit me up as well. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll give it a try. And I was super impressed. I've been playing that build for a few days now. I was doing pretty well in leagues with it. I did play the the Mox Last Chance Qualifier today, which is basically five rounds. You have to go 5-0. and oh. And you get a slot in the finals that you then have to win to make it to the mox. So kind of qualifier for the qualifier. I went disappointing two and three, but I think I just, you know, lost a few flips, not not the greatest draws, etc. And yeah, late on the arms has just been super impressive. You get to play lockdown, um, temporary lockdown, which is also uh, a solid card. It's It's better than verdict against green. It can be better against some of the the swarm decks the white creature decks and the 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 big that's these are the upside it's 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 better than portable hold against most creatures and you get to play lockdown downside is your mana is worse you have to play prairie stream and you probably have to cut down on utility lands you can get greedy you can still play iganjo but what I did is I cut a Ganjo, I cut the second creature land, and I was just down to one hall, one blue castle, and one Ottawara. And yeah, because you, you need enough planes, you need uh, you need some basics so that your prairie stream don't always come into play tapped. And yeah, that, that, that's the downside. The upside is that laydown has been really good for me. I played against Fires today. I was exiling Omnaps, I was exiling Kenrith. Uh, exiling Shieldred, 
Apparently yeah. Harry 13 exiled uh, Natarka, the red-green dragon, the seven-mana dragon. I actually saw that tweet, and the, the immediate response was, did you have to let it resolve because you couldn't have two blue to counter it? <laughs> I was yeah, you gonna... do get in these spots. I, I, I did oh. get turned, I think I played Prairie Stream as my ninth or tenth slam today into play tapped. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. That's yeah. classic Prairie Streams. I was going to ask a couple of questions about this. So I, I really do like the, the idea of lay down the arms. And the biggest gain is, like you pointed out, that getting to play temporary lockdown. So often I was looking at these blue-white lists and being like, you know, I'd really like to play some portable holes and some temporary lockdowns. But then I'm like, nah, can't, you can't do that. That's just no good. But you can definitely do it here. You can play, you can have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. Um, having to make the concessions with the kind of double blue casting cost spells doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Like, is it possible that you're just supposed to move towards all sort coming so that you can cast it off Fortel and... I uh, never have to worry about double blue too early. Now your mana is still good. I think you still have 18... I think you have 18 sources of blue and 18 sources of white, and they're all clean sources. There's no, like, Fable Passage. There's no Pathways. They're all okay. real, you know. You're, you're not, like, double dipping. And I, I haven't had mana issues. I hadn't had spots where I didn't have a planes... Uh, it makes sense, right? Like literally every source of white in your deck is a planes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't had that problem. I haven't played a single time against Phoenix. So I'm not sure how how good they are there. I mean, they've got to be better than portable holes, almost definitely. Um, I've played very little against Ragdos. So maybe in this matchup, being down to utility lands, you know, it's kind of a big deal. They, they deal themselves a lot of damage, so sometimes just a couple hall hits can can close the game. I played against Green. It felt amazing to be exile, be able to exile Troll. Even the five six have logged down for all that, their elves, so I think you gain a decent bit there. Even though you know, blue, I guess Blue Castle, you you still have the one. Yeah, is no, it, 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 it seems really good. Is it possible that you're supposed to make up for that lack of utility lands by just going up in lands, like playing the 27th land, maybe? Yeah, I guess you could if you think it's it's better than a spell. I think 26 is a lot. You have sensor, shark typhoon to cycle. Mm. Yeah, I know we've kind of we've spoken a little bit about this kind of what the, what's the right number, and 26 seems to be the kind of general consensus. But I've seen lists with more. I think we were talking about uh, yeah, is it Teo Mary? He was playing the twenty seven. He was playing third field of ruin. Yeah, you you weekend. could you could do that because field of ruin works well with lay down. You know you you field of ruin on turn three. Maybe you get your second planes and you get to lay lay down a, a, a two casting cost creature. And many of them in the format, obviously. Yeah, um, so, I mean it all all speaks to me. There's plenty of room to explore in Pioneer still, even after an entire PDQ season plus this uh, RC finals. Yeah, and it's. Yeah, we've seen, just even over the two weeks, we've seen a metagame kind of like fluctuation. We've seen, you know, Phoenix rise and do well and then, you know, die off the next week. And, you know, lots of different decks performing performing well and variably over the weekend, putting up decent numbers. Nothing's a massive metagame share. I, I'm thoroughly, and you've come home from this tournament. Normally what, what happens when you come home from these big tournaments, right, is you just never want to touch that format again and you move on. But you know. sometimes you, you you feel like okay now I get I get it I've ha- I've had a whole weekend to talk to people hmm. think about the deck because playing live you get more time to think in between rounds and stuff and actually I I like to I kind of want to you know get right back into it because okay 
I feel like I've got more stuff figured out. And I'm actually pretty excited about the coming weeks with all the RCs behind us. I think we might see some some cool new stuff. You know, people didn't really have the time or weren't willing to explore the new cards. And now that there's not less to play for or, you know, people are, might start brewing again with the new cards or try just more stuff. That yeah, and, I mean, you also have this PT. Yeah. You also have the PT coming up in February as well. Yeah, exactly. So I guess it's no rest for you in, in this format. No, no, no. And I've I've really been enjoying it, so I'm I'm kind of happy. It's it's a format for the next PT. Great. Yeah, same actually. It's become by far my favorite format to watch, and to think about. I mean, for similar reasons that it has been. Uh, it was a format that I kind of defended while it was in its dull days. Uh, during COVID, but I, you know, it's pure good, honest magic, <laughs> and no yeah, fake there, cards. There's no like super super busted card like a Ren Six or you know the new initiative cards in Legacy. Harry and I have been playing a decent bit of Legacy. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask about that actually. There's you know maybe Fable of the Mirror Breaker, but it's it's okay. And there's some decks that have good synergies, you know, Mono Green Phoenix, but they're they're attackable. You know, you can do. You, people have strats for them um so yeah I mean, it just it just strikes me as a, a pretty good magic format <laughs> yeah yeah so but you've play, been playing legacy right so is there a showcase coming up or yeah there's the showcase it was this past weekend there's a showcase this weekend i did not manage to qualify yet ah. harry are you qualified for any of the showcases or any of the finals i guess the mox finals no, I got I got super unfortunate. I X three'd two of them, and I haven't really had time to play the others. Yeah. There was a load when we were in so- uh, Sofia. Yeah. I think we missed quite a few. Yeah, this weekend is Legacy and Modern. I'm going to give Legacy a shot tomorrow in one of these last chance, and then I'm qualified for the standard one. That was when I mm. played just Nathan Storr's Grixis list, and I was making fun of people who, who didn't play. I think the top eight of that... Turner was like seven Grixis list, something ridiculous. So mm. I've got some standard to play for, for that. And then tomorrow I'm going to play a little Legacy, give it a shot. So what's, uh, what's, what's the go in Legacy at the moment? I've heard about this uh, this new mono white mid range deck. I don't really understand what it's doing. It seems to contain magic cards that are fake. They may have silver borders or something. I'm not sure. Because someone explain to me what's going on. Why is mono white popular again? <laughs> Yeah, Harry, why don't you, you tell us? Well, there's two new initiative cards. I don't know the names of them. Wait, stop. So what the hell is initiative? Be annoyed. Do you know, oh, initiative is basically um, the monarch, but it works on your upkeep instead. So when you get the initiative, you venture through a dungeon, and the dungeon is fixed, and it's the Undercity dungeon. Okay. And um, then if you, if you take... If you take to take it from your opponent, you have to deal combat damage like the monarch, right? Okay. And it triggers on your upkeep. So, um, the you when you take it, you get it, or when you play the creature that has initiative, you get it, and you venture through the dungeon. And then on your upkeep, you venture through the dungeon. Now the the thing is, is that it's so flexible and powerful, and it's a really fast clock. Okay. Um, you can either take the forge route where you put two counters on, and, um. You can like load up your creature, trap the opponent, which makes target player lose five life. Then you can oh, draw a card okay. or go to creature, 
and then you can make a 4-1 with Menace, and then you can look at the top seven and put a creature right. into play so, with so it's three either, counters on it's it. It's either kind of like an aggressive route or a kind of grindy route. Yeah, yeah basically, it's it's nuts. And it's, it's actually nuts. It's a free. There's a free drop, a free free for free, and then there's a free four for four, and they have extra abilities. But it's just super oppressive. Kills you super fast. They usually go. I've been playing a lot of four color Uro, and against me, they usually go put get a basic planes, then put two counters on their creature, then five damage to face. And yeah, they play Chalice, they play Ancient Tomb and City of Traders, they play Solitude. Well, there's a list that plays Chalice of the Void, and then there's a list that plays Esper Sentinel and Sword to Plowshares. You have the choice past the two initiative creatures. You can play Anointed Peacekeeper, you can play Archon of Amiria. They usually play two Manathalia. They almost always play for Solitude, so just okay. super strong. Maybe the Paolo card Spellbinder. It's like as it got it's got Cavernous Souls, presumably. Yeah, some do, some don't. Okay, so it's kind of the next evolution of Death and yeah. Taxes. and and they play Chromox and Lotus Petal to usually mm. for just because the, the initiative is just so much card advantage, and it's, it's so stompy, hard for though. them. It's so hard for them to lose it. Um, yeah, right. So it's it's stompy. More than yeah, anything, it's yeah. white stompy they mm. call it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything I, with like mox yeah. and tomb is stompy to me. Yeah. And I think Delver, the Delver matchup is not the greatest. You're probably a little behind. Okay, I've been like playing four color Uro. It's it's been really tough. Uh, even even was dressed down. I mean, Ozymandias played one won the the showcase past weekend, beating that deck in the finals. He was playing two dress down in the main and one torpor in the sideboard, but I've played that matchup and had dress down never in the right time. I think Ice Fang Coddle is probably the best card you can play if you want to deal well with the initiative. And mm. you can maybe play Pride Dragon, which is one one haste that gets more counters. Could you not just Baleful Strikes? Yeah, I mean, you could play different colors. You could, you, if you're playing black, but these decks usually the the four color Uru deck are usually everything but black. Okay, right. Um, so okay. yeah, it's it's definitely the deck to beat. I'm assuming it has a few bad matchups, but I don't know if you if you if you know more, Harry. Well, the the interesting thing is is that Delver had a 48 percent win rate in the showcase. I believe someone someone did the really? maths. I believe yeah. first in a while, I would guess. And. I think the mono white deck had a very high win percent. I think it might have been 60%, but don't quote me. It was like nuts. The biggest problem is that the availability on these cards is so low because Mantras doesn't really have them right now. They just just increase chest boosters and they've only just come out, right? Yeah. And my metagame decision was that um, I decided to go back to mono blue eight cast. And there's the forging the anchor. I think, or something, Anvil, Forging the Anvil. It's the two in a blue, look at the top five, put all artifacts into oh, your right. hand. Yeah, okay, so pieces of the puzzle for artifacts. Yeah. yeah, basically. And I put one in the main, one in the board. And the idea was, Psy is very good against initiative, because you make a lot of thopters, and then you can ping the opponent to take it. So that was my strategy to fight them, because you also get Chalice of the Void and Force of Will. I thought it would be really good against them. And then round one... I got paired against mono white humans with champion of the parish, um, Blimin. What's it called? The two mana one one that puts a counter at the beginning of combat. Thalia, Thalia's lieutenant. Is that a deck in legacy? No, but the 
they just they didn't even play the initiative cards. They just played those and attacked, and I lost because they had wasteland. You got white wings. They had like wasteland and swords to plowshares. Game one, they had wasteland swords to plowshares on my side, so I insta lost. And then uh, game two, they just had um, double wasteland Thalia or something. I so, I don't remember. I just tilt dropped. I was like, I'm not playing so, a nine round event, losing round one. And it was like, I lost in like 10 minutes as well. Yeah, so I'd have to wait 40 minutes for round two. Yeah. And if I lost round two, you know, it's a nine round event. I, could, I couldn't be out. There's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing worse than losing round one of a tournament to White Weenie. <laughs> Just, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I actually played it at Family Over for Thanksgiving. And they were starting to leave. But I, I got in the, in the queue and I was like playing around, doing some dishes, starting to cleaning up, doing around. I went five and four, respectable. I'm barely missing top 64 for, you know min cash but i had fun playing the i played my version of four color uro was the one main deck mox diamond the the three or four wasteland and two life from the loam kind of heavy heavy on that i actually only played against that white deck once in the very last round and that build's not very good because wasteland's not super good against them the, the mox diamond was kind of nice mostly to just play turn three minx and boo I think maybe that's a card that's a tiny bit underplayed, whether it's Chrome Mox or Mox Diamond. You, you can't play too many, but maybe the first one is kind of nice. Yeah. I played against Delver a couple times. Um, Javier was on Delver. I did well against that. I lost to Elves. Anyways. Um, but Legacy I think seems, Delver seems in general so bad. kind of interesting. I wonder if people are going to figure out ways to... Uh, if the, how, how the meta is going to adapt to that initiative deck if you're going to see like a lot of Ice Fangs, Belfast Tricks, more, more Delver, more cheap creatures. There's not even that many good cheap creatures you can play. I did a research for Haste and Flying, and it was just Sprite Dragon basically was was the best one. Because you don't even really want the one, one drops because they have four Chalice a lot of times, so... Mm. The one drops yes. are kind of sketch, and free drop is might it might be too late. You know, Harry, you're talking about Zion stuff. I was wondering if it's not even like too slow in some ways. Well, you play four Ancient Tomb, four Mox Opal, four Lotus Petal, so it normally comes down turn one. That's yeah. why you can play like I like the hand I had Psy and three Bobbles, yeah. and they just plowed it after the first Bobble, mm-hmm. so it was like really rough. Yeah. But um. No, I actually brewed up a second deck to beat this, and it was Helm of Helm of Obedience, Death Shadow, and um, basically the logic is Dothri Voidwalker plus Helm of Obedience is a combo kill as well as Leyline of the Void because Helm of Obedience mills their whole deck. Dothri Voidwalker, obviously having Shadow, can attack through to te- take initiative, and also plays Black Market Connections, which is the. Uh, do you know Black Market Connections, anyone? No. No, it's, it's a new Commander card from Commander Legends. It's like six months old, I think. But um, it's like it's like you can choose one or more, so you can lose up to six life. You can pay one life for a treasure, two life to draw a card, and three life to make a 3-2 on your first main phase before combat. And the idea was you make treasures to ramp out the combo because you have Dark Ritual. You lose a ton of life for Death Shadow. Um... And you don't have to play Rotting Regisaur because the problem that Cherry and I had is Cherry actually top to the Legacy Showcase with that deck. Rotting Regisaur was really good against Murktide. The problem was the discarding the cards was really awkward in other matchups. And I like the card advantage from Black Market Connection, so we slapped it all together. 
I ran a league and I 4-1'd. My only loss was to Show and Tell. Um, I, I don't know. I thought that that was a pretty cool deck. Put that on no, the you, YouTube channel. You said too. the magic words, by the way. Show and Tell. I was gonna, I was gonna say the last time that I was playing Legacy seriously and there was a Stompy style deck, it was Eldrazi and it had a lot of the cards you're describing. It was like you know, tombs and um. And, and cities of traders and moxes and stuff like that, along with chalice of the void, and, mm. and then they're just trying to put creatures of paratoxus into play. And the thing that I found the most successful against them was just putting fifteen, fifteen, so seven, seven lifelink draw sevens into play. <laughs> it's a deck yeah. that's like hasn't been good in Legacy for a while, though. So yeah, I'd be surprised if it's surprised if it's a decent choice. I think like you know the format's gotten a little bit ahead of that sort of strategy. But you know, if people are if people are trying to cast three threes and like just you know, trying to like just chunk chunk you out and like interacts like in a way that means that your removal's bad. Maybe just not having any removal in your deck and just trying to combo kill them is the way to go. Like you know, it's similar to what you're describing, Harry. Like trying to just go over the top of them with with a helm of obedience combo or something. Yeah, what I'm finding with Legacy is that more and more every color without blue is getting card draw and i think that's what's making deck a deck like delver a lot harder to play mm. because every deck is playing their own sort of color removal and they're getting incidental card draw quite easily and um i think that's why delver is actually falling because it's a lot easier to play around days with most decks because everyone's jamming ancient tomb now and the delver deck is not as strong as modern murktide because ragavan is banned so the threats are Delvers, Chandlers, and Merktides, and all of them you can play around or have removal for because everything's becoming permanent base removal, incidental life gain, like incidental graveyard hay. So I, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's funny because I see a lot of Delver hate in my YouTube comments or whatever. The deck, in my opinion, genuinely sucks right now in Legacy. Mm. So Is it not the sort of thing where maybe it's time to play Ledger Shredder or something like that just to make a 2-4 to block their 3-3? Three, three? I've seen I've seen people play people have cast Ledger Shredder against me. I just think the general game plan of Delver kind of doesn't work because your your whole th your threats are so slow, you know? On like a Murktide region isn't a the problem is is that if you resolve a Murktide region it still has to hit twice normally to win the game. Or a a Dragon Rage Channel or a Delver is it's it's actually too slow. I I think it's just too slow, too clunky. Other decks have the same car similar value of card draw as you do, but in uh, more aggressive colors. Like the mono white deck, we're talking about mono white having better card draw than most of the d decks in the format right now because they have eight cards that give you the insane busted monarch. And yeah, and I don't think monarch is at all ban worthy or sorry initiative because people just need to play more anti initiative cards. It'll just kind of balance out but yeah i think that's why i'm anti-delver hmm. gab what do you think about delver in the format you have any thoughts or i'm not super impressed by the card delver of secrets i find it funny that they ban ragavan and then now they're just printing that initiative stuff so mm. they ban like one yeah. of the best cheap creatures that you could play maybe to get back the initiative yeah i, d I don't know I think the problem is is that initiative in commander is not good and initiative in 1v1 is busted and they obviously don't think about legacy when they're designing these fun fair four player cards. Yeah, I mean which is fine. Um, you got to assume legacy is strong enough to 
I mean, if they're they're making these cards, and I can't really blame them for not thinking, oh, a three hmm. mana creature, four mana creature is going to break legacy. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, I think maybe they'll be a bit more careful now. Yeah. I think it's just way more high impact than the Monarch because it is a win condition, the trap. Yeah, if For those listening, if you don't know why it's so broken, I think it's the trap specifically wins, has won me a lot of games, at least when I've played with initiative. Just uncountable trigger. Um, but You could stifle guess, people. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's, it's all of it. Uh, so it goes, it goes plus two. It has like basic planes, plus two, plus two on a creature, five damage. And then there's one that's not great, maybe. And then the last one is you look at the top 10, you put a creatures with a bunch of free counters on it, and it has hexproof until your next turn. And yep. and the four drop even has a trigger when it attacks, you get to explore, so it's extra value. It's it's rough. It's yeah. rough. Anyways, um, I guess you played a bit of Popper too. You top aided Popper. Um, yeah. If you want to talk about that real quick. Yeah, sure. Because initiative is well, legal, right? These cards are common, no? So, all of the non... All the initiative cards that aren't green and white are banned. There's oh. a 5-drop that's green, that's legal. It's a 5-4 trample with initiative. And there's a 5-mana 3-6 with initiative. That's white. Um, they're not very good. And the problem is that it's... Like, you're playing Arbor... You play Arbor Elf, Utopia Sprawl, and... I think wild growth to try and ramp it out just too too slow the mono red decks run them over and i think that's why they're still in the format but um yeah so pauper right now it's basically divided into two you've got the mono red decks and you've got everyone trying to work around the mono red decks so i think i've mentioned a couple times in the podcast i think the best choice if you think people are playing mono red is red black burn what does because what does the burn. mono red deck do it's just burn it's either like loads of bolts um, there's a two mana one three that is like thermo alchemist, but just pings whenever you cast a non creature spell. Monastery Swiss Sphere. Also, you have some burn decks playing the artifact lands, and you play the it's just red sacrifice an artifact and make three one ones. Cool, the so rebirth. you have people playing like bushwhacker. Yeah, that's it. The rebirth. Um, it just you have a load of decks either casting a load of bolts, fire blast, low to the ground red creatures, and pinging you with triggers and using um the one red uh it's the artifact when it enters the battlefield flip the top card and then when it leaves flip the top card uh, experimental synthesizer yes experimental synthesizer you have a load of like really good uh draw engines in red you've also got reckless impulse things like this so basically i think that if you think people are going to play burn you play red black burn because you take advantage of madness and blood tokens with vampire's kiss uh Epicure, the Epicure, Voldaren, yeah, Epicure. There's a there's a there's thing. a drain three bolt, isn't there, with madness? Yeah, it's called Alms of the Vein. That's the one. Yeah. So you have four Alms of the Vein. You got four Fiery Temper. You also got a Modern Horizons card called Kitchen Imp, which is a two two <laughs> flying haste. Um. So the idea basically is is that you not only you outdraw your opponent because your bolts draw cards, you gain a ton of life because you have four Vampire's Kiss. That's drain two. You got four Alms of the Vein. That's a Lightning Helix. Um, and yeah, so sort easily into the top eight. What's funny is I didn't play against Burn all day. <laughs> I, I just played against, like, just popper things. Played against a lot of blue-black control, actually. 
a deck that I talked about. I just think blue black, a red black burn just is good because it's not really red black burn. It's madness. You get tons of value of faith suiting and stuff. So gone to the top eight, won the quarterfinals against blue black control, and then I had probably one of the most disgusting top eight matches in game three versus Affinity, where they multi five on the play. I had a really good hand. I whiffed like four draws, and they had to. They drew like oh, it was just. It's on YouTube. I had to, like, I got them down to one life, and then for four draw steps in a row, I drew a land, and I had two blood tokens as well. It was, like, so gross, and when I did find the burn, they had, I went, I had burn spell into top deck burn spell. They had double blue elemental blast, or what is it called, hydro blast. They went, they're like, burn spell, hydro blast, top deck, burn spell, hydro blast to win. I was like, oh my fucking god, so... Lost the semi-finals, so like a really rough loss, but overall I think Popper is in the same spot as like a Pioneer, where it's like no deck is like truly like broken, there's no true best card in the format, but you can find it quite stale because everyone's playing, you know, similar lists, similar decks, stuff like that. So if you like a, you know, streamlined metagame, no best card, Popper is very similar to Pioneer, but cheaper. Yeah, a little slow on the modern front. I got scammed by Wafo. Uh, I played a bit of blue-white. I went 3-2 in the league, and then I went 0-2 drop in the Saturday challenge. Played pretty much his exact list that he uh, type-aided the past weekend with. And I don't know. It was fine. I'm not sure how he wins so much. I guess he, he, he I don't think not he winning wins that much for a while. No, he, recently he's been doing well again. Oh, okay. Like, past, past few weeks he's been doing well again. Um no, no, you got scammed. Not, yeah, I got, I got got. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I saw the the spike deck, the red green. Uh, you're trying to, yeah, Asmo, and as a seven six troll, you get to play Ren and six, and that like looked pretty cool. He, uh, he won one of these last chances uh, for the modern one five and zero. Oh, so, I'm guessing that's what he's gonna be playing this Saturday. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so this is there's the the mock showcase qualifier is. No, this is a, the, the the finals, right? Yeah, this it's is... thirty. How many is it player? Like twenty eight, Harry. I think twenty four qualify, and then there's anyone who gets the last chance. Yeah, it's three top eights plus four last chance, or however many depends how big the last chance are, because it's not like one slot. It's anyone who goes five zero. So right, okay. It's around 30 players, and you have to win, right? Just straight up win, or is it top two? Yeah, first place. First okay. I think top two, and that goes, goes to the, to the, the eight player tour. tournament. Yeah, yeah, the right. Eight player tournament. Yeah, oh, that, so, that, that, that's going to be some good watching this weekend, at least. Yeah, modern modern Saturday, legacy Sunday, and then weekend after it's standard and popper. No, yeah, I'm Left. not too sure. Pioneer. They pay, They swap between Vintage and Pauper now. I don't think they do them every season, okay. like both of them. Right. So I don't know. All right. Yeah. Got, any, we... got anything else? I'm happy to put my life on the line. Yeah, I think we're we're done for this week, right? Yeah. Slow week, but it is what it is. Life on the line. Theoretical tournament tomorrow. Win the event you live, lose you die. Sl- Pat, what are you slow bringing? week, only one top eight. So... <laughs> that's right we're gonna talk about it. True. this is like all formats now i feel like i've talked about everything 
or at least heard about everything. Okay, well, let's do Pioneer and. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle off some things. I've got, I got some thoughts. Okay, okay Pi- Pioneer definitely. Okay, so, all right, in modern, I'm going to play Murktide because I just think it's the best deck, and I think I'm going to play lots of spell pierces because it seems to be the right thing to do. I think it helps you against red and six to fairy from the uh, creativity decks, and that's yeah, that's something you want to do. I'm not sure what to do about red black scam. <laughs> that deck doesn't seem great to me, but it seems to do well. So like, I don't it's, know. What it's a good matchup for you, though. It's oh, is it? Like, okay, all right. I, I think so. You just get cheese every now, like some percentage of the game that is not very many, that not not enough to, for it to be a bad matchup. Okay, fine. Um, yeah, so I'm playing Murktide in modern. In Pioneer, I would I would play Blue Eye Control with Laydown Arms. I think that deck looks really good on the surface. Uh, the rest of the world doesn't seem to be doing very well with Blue White, but you know, Gab does well. I've done well historically, so I'd, I'd be happy to keep doing that. And nothing else is really jumping off the page at me in in uh, in Pioneer. And for Legacy, I, I I haven't got any thoughts about Pauper, but for Legacy. Could I see myself just playing Mono White Stompy? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I can probably I th- just play I Mono think, White. honestly, everyone should be right now. I might just... If I had cards, I'd just do that. For me, Modern, I think I'm going to be... I'm close between Rhinos and Yogmoth. Those two seem to be... I've got reps of them, and I like them both. Um, po- Pioneer, definitely Mono Green. I would... I would say copy Den Bretherton's list for courtesy, but I'm Don't. really not a fan of the Might Stone. <laughs> so I'd swap that for a Sky Sovereign. Yeah. Um, Popper. Cherry and I are actually working on a list because he's going to play both Popper challenges this weekend, I think. So Red Black Burn, but we're going to try and remove Monastery Swiss here from the deck entirely. I think it's not good. I think you want something like Bone Shards or a Gurmag Angler because obviously you Faith is looting. Um, something like that. We're we're working on that. Legacy. I'm still a big eight cast fan. I love playing Force of Will and Chalice of the Void in the format right now. You kind of tackle both angles to the format that I think a lot of decks only hit one side of. And Psy, I believe, is still good against initiative. Uh, what else? I think that's every format. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all. Yeah. All Gap, right. How about you? I'm gonna pass on Popper. Modern. Maybe creativity is that no Popper uh, Modern just plays whatever Spike's playing his red green deck. I'm sure it's <laughs> nice. great for legacy. Maybe try to cast Ice Fang Coddle. I refuse to uh, <laughs> to go to the the white side. And for Pioneer Blue White Control, I was actually thinking maybe you should play Take for Time. We don't have the portable excuse anymore. <gasps> We're actually putting our removal spell in the yards. Yes, and I'm also Seriously, not. We did this on the spoiler show. I said this yeah. on the spoiler show. Yeah, so may- maybe Dad try and fit in. Consider Dick for time. And oh, now I'm. Now last I'm thing I wanted to mention, I actually did try the new Teferi, new five mana, and I did get a couple of games where I had Teferi, Hero of Dumb, and the new Teferi going, and it was not entirely win more. I. <laughs> kind of needed it. It was it was not a done deal. Just was one to fairy. So, you know the, the the power of splitting your 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 five your planeswalkers it, it does come up sometimes. So okay, what I think right now it still stick with free to fairy hero of Dominaria. 
especially it's, on tapping the mana against a deck like Monogreen seems pretty uh pretty huge but, yeah, but stay stay tuned watch this space it, it was it was pretty reasonable for me yeah cool all right what about prices right anyone's got a card hmm. Hmm. we could do no. these stupid commander cards no i don't okay don't make me do it. i don't know if they're stupid because i bet you these people eat them up think, on card market i think they're market. probably really cheap but it, at least we're kind of clueless right let's do, do i guess we don't know the names of these cards hard <laughs> 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 to do prices right without knowing the name what about White creature the hill giant we could do the, oh, the, new the fairy it's white plume adventurer all right white plume adventurer fine is that it's a, a three mana three three yeah. when enters the battlefield take initiative at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep untap a creature you control if you've completed a dungeon untap all creatures you control yeah. instead I okay. have no, is it a common it's a rare in a commander pre-con so anyone who so only one per case of these and they're usually what 20 bucks well normally the chase rare in the boxes seem to be about 15 to 25 euros from my experience in commander a couple years and ago. is that the chase so, rare or not i don't know okay. i would assume that this effect is chase effect so i'm i've got a price in mind all right me too mm -hmm. okay three two one fourteen five, euro okay wait so five what fourteen what did you say harry seventeen oh i'm just hoping I it's think not I... the actual oh okay <laughs> Gav wins again well it's actually spiked it actually spiked it spiked on the 19th of November. So the average price in 30 days is 4 euros, but the average price in 7 days is 10 euros. So Contentious. Oh, you won. If you... No, we usually use 7 days. Oh, 7 days? I, 10 euros. I think we so. usually do 7 days, right? Yes, yeah, so that's going to be Pat. Damn it. <laughs> Congrats, White Plume Adventurer. 10 euros on card market. If you're a legacy player, get your play set now. I doubt that it'll spike, though. Because of legacy, so but still good place to get them. Carmarket.com support the podcast. Gab, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on twitch.tv slash yellowhat trying to meld Urzas and and Mishras in a bunch of formats. Nice. You can find me clickbaiting people on YouTube. My popper tope is up on my channel right now. I actually have the sickest thumbnail idea. The title is I won $200 with a $70 NVG budget deck or something. And the thumbnail is a PayPal receipt from Wizards of the Coast. And it says Wizards of the Coast has sent you $200. <laughs> so if you want to see that jokey uh, thumbnail, go check out my YouTube. Pat, how about you? I'm just in awe of your ability to come up with. <laughs> you can find me being in awe of Harry's clickbait prowess. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We made it this far into the episode. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you being here. Hopefully we'll all be here next week. Later. Take care, everyone. <laughs>